this morning? Not too shabby, you're looking fantastic out there. Well, how about we stand to our feet? Welcome to the house of God. It is good that you have come this morning. How many filled their bellies with some sausages and some cake and fruit and deliciousness? How about we give a round of applause to the people that put that on for us? Thank you to the volunteers. Amazing. Awesome. Fantastic. We're going to start things off a little bit differently this morning. So how about we close our eyes? Don't worry, no one's going to come hit you in the head or anything like that. Let's just close our eyes before God. Allow ourselves to be still. Thank you, Lord. Father God, we thank you that we can come to your house freely. That we can walk in the doors and not be afraid of any persecution or anything that will stop us from coming to this house. And we thank you that, Lord, when we gather together as a church family, God, that there's something really special about that time. We know that your presence is always with us. So we don't need to pray for your presence to be with us, but we thank you that your presence is with us. Um, And Lord, as we lift our voices to you this morning, that your heart would be gladdened by what we bring you this morning. Lord, whatever our week has been, whatever our year has been, whatever our morning has been, God, we can come before you and lift our voice. And nowhere in the Bible does it say you have to live a, lift a tuneful voice. It just says lift a, a, a voice of praise to God. Lift with all your might. Sing with all your might. So no matter how you may feel this morning, church, let's lift our voices confidently and strongly before the Lord. Because nowhere in the Bible does it say you must sing tunefully. <laughs> but it does say to lift your voice with all you've got. Amen. Amen. So thank you, Father, for what you're going to do this morning. Lord, it is an honour to be in your presence. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you,
Your love is breathing out into my heart. You take my burning and you make it mine. You make it mine. Bringing the sound that will break them right. I choose to follow you for all my life. I know that you were always by my side. You're by my side. And everything. And everything you do, we choose to praise you. No matter what they say, we will go your way. Dancing to your feet, we can't contain it. But let a heaven move as we celebrate. This is how we party. Lifting up the name of Jesus. Let's 
number. I think we should do that one more time. What do you reckon? Okay, let's do it one more time. We'll go through that chorus. It sounds so cool. This is how we party. We define the party. This is how we party. We define the party. This is how we party. Rejoice. Rejoice because the Lord is good. Rejoice because your favor is upon us. Rejoice because you love us with an infinite love. Father, we're so happy to be in your presence and so happy that your presence is in us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Give your neighbor a high five as you take a seat. I love the high praises of God. Going to new places to praise Him. I love Deuteronomy 7, 21. I'm going to read it to you. For the Lord your God is among you. Isn't that so cool? For the Lord your God is among you. And He is great and an awesome God. Praise the Lord for that. Well, if you're a visitor, we give you a very warm, warm welcome to service at Activate, gathering at Activate Church Hamilton. It's wonderful to have you with us. If you're a visitor, can you give me a wave of hand? We'd love to welcome you. Church, can we put our hands together and welcome our visitors this morning? As you leave this morning, there is a white a bag with some goodies and details, free coffee card. Please take the opportunity to take one of those and fill in the details. We'd love to get to know you a little bit more. That would be fantastic. Well, today we have CIA, Church in Action Celebration. Today is all about celebrating the goodness of God. And church, we want to say thank you for your wonderful uh, support and commitment and involvement in Church in Action over the month of October. We've seen schools tidied up, alleyways painted, food coming by the bag load, by the truck load, the light party, many, many things have happened. And it's so wonderful to be here today to celebrate the goodness of God and sharing His love into our community. Isn't that an awesome thing? It truly, truly is. Well, we've got a few more things to come that way, but before we do that, we're going to go to birthdays and wedding anniversaries. So if you've had a birthday or a wedding anniversary over the last week, why don't you come down and stand with me in the middle here? There's chocolate bars. Yeah, come on, Riss. I'm also going to ask uh, Kit to come. She's been on visuals for over 12 months, so come and help yourself. Jay, happy birthday. Congratulations. Help yourself to chocolate, guys. Well, look at all these people. This is amazing. All the birthdays and wedding anniversaries. 
Congratulations, Josh and Kayla. Six years to today that they were married. Fantastic. Yeah, let's put our hands together for them. Wonderful. Well, we're going to stand to our feet, church, and let's declare and pray this prayer of blessing over these wonderful people. Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity, and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Let's put our hands together. Well done, guys. Awesome stuff. Well, this evening, we have baptisms. So there's at least two or three baptisms happening. Isn't that awesome? So if you're not water baptised, every second Sunday of the month, we have water baptism. So can I really encourage you? The Bible is really, really clear on our pathway with Jesus and water baptism is part of that step. So it's so good to see these people being water baptised this evening. And following that, we're going to have a bonfire. So the church is going out to have a bonfire. So come along and be part of that. It's going to be an incredibly great time of fellowship and enjoying bangers and who knows what else is going to happen. There's wonderful surprises there. So that's, that's awesome. Also, this Tuesday, we have Momentum Prayer. So I really encourage you to come along and be part of that. It's going to be awesome. And shortly, we have Faith 101. If you're new in your journey with Jesus, would like to learn more about the basics, then Stanley and Josh will be there with you to lead you through that. So they'll be meeting in the foyer very shortly. So as we conclude uh, this special offering that we're about to receive, you're free to go then. Church, one of my favourite things in church, and I have many favourite things, but one of my favourite things is that once a year in October, we receive what we call the CIA offering, where it's our opportunity to give to help families in our church family here that are finding life difficult because of financial struggles. Last year, we raised over $7,000. Isn't that awesome? Those funds, yeah, let's put our hands together and just give thanks for that. There's a really good system for administering these funds and accountability. I'm pleased to say these funds have helped uh, families send their children to school camps that otherwise wouldn't get there and miss out on the fun and activity of being involved in a camp. These funds have also helped families with uh, grocery vouchers to get food from supermarkets and so forth. And then there's been others that through illness uh, or sickness have been unable to mow their lawns or do their gardens. We've been also able to help there. And it's wonderful. It's absolutely so wonderful as a church that we can help our brothers and sisters in Christ that find themselves in difficult situations. I think of the stories and you can read them through Acts 2 that tell all about that. And so church, we have this wonderful opportunity to sow again in October to bless members in our church family throughout the coming year. So can I encourage you, we're about to receive this offering to give joyfully, to give generously, that we might be a blessing to those around us. Isn't that a good thing? So uh, let's pray as we prepare our hearts for this. Father, I thank you for the joy of giving. It is so good to invest and to sow into your kingdom for kingdom purposes. And so, Father, as we give this morning, I pray you bless every giver. I pray you bless these gifts, Lord, to minister to people in our fellowship, in our church family. May they know through this a tremendous sense of oneness and belonging with you. So as we give, Lord, I pray, bless these offerings in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Thank you, host team. As the host team received this offering, 
We're about to play a clip of Church in Action. And also, can I encourage you, life group leaders, if you know of someone in your life group that is in need of financial support, come and see Pastor Jean, she, uh, Jan. She coordinates it all. Pastor Sheridan and I know nothing of what goes where, but uh, come and see Jan if that is of assistance to you. So thank you, Kat. Jan. My Jan and my jeans, I got them mixed up this morning. She's a beauty. This is our custom, custom made. We just had uh, one of the neighbours go past and ask us if we're on time and a half. And we're like, uh, no, we're just doing this for free. It's our church. And, uh, and he was really, really gobsmacked and shook our hands. <laughs> he shook our blue glove hands. This is absolutely fantastic. Of all the things we could be doing on a Sunday morning, to be out here mucking in, making a difference, fantastic. Definitely being able to show the support for the local school and being able to uh, talk with the kids that are out, out and around here playing ball, showing that, that there's uh, you know, a community out here that supports them and what they do. I think this is awesome. For a reason, you're helping the community. It's been good, kids involved, everyone involved. ask Ashley if she would like to come up with one of the children and pray before the kids go out this morning. That would be very good. And then Kelvin's going to come and share communion with us. Do you want to pray first? All right. Dear God, um, we bless you for our lives, for our friends and family. Amen. Amen. <laughs> yeah, that was good. 
Father God, thank you for our children. Thank you for Church in Action. Thank you that um, this house gets to be in this community. Father, I, I pray that we would really have something stirred inside our hearts to continually be in the community. Father, to notice those people that might need a fence painted or a, their lawns mown. Father, that we would um, continue to be a light in here. Um, Father, I pray that we would have an incredible morning this morning, learn lots about you. We love you. We glorify you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ashley. Okay, kids, you're free to go. Have an awesome time this morning. So five and ups out this way. Dynamites and youngers out into creation this way. Oh, we're all this way this morning. Dynamites out this way. Fantastic. Great. Have an awesome time, guys. Well, it's my pleasure, church, to invite Kelvin. Kelvin's going to come and share around communion. Let's give him a hand as he comes. Foreman's almost up already. Okay, what an honor and privilege to uh, share a communion message with you guys this morning. Um, if you guys would just like to open your Bibles or your apps or whatever you got uh, to Matthew, oh no, to Luke 22. And I pray that you. Put your seatbelts on and your helmet of salvation because I think I'm going to stir a few things up. So let's read the scripture first. And from we'll read Luke 22 from verse 14. When the hour had come, he sat down and the 12 apostles with him. Then he said to them, with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. So what I want to say, uh, I don't know if you guys notice in that scripture, but Jesus talks about, he mentions the cup twice. Now that's, that's not a, a misprint or, you know, Jesus going off the deep end or something. But at the Jewish Passover meal, there are two cups, one before the meal, one after the meal. The one before the meal, so let's say that's the first cup. That one is concerning the Old Covenant. In the Old Covenant, it was sacrifices and offerings on a daily basis. Whenever you felt that you had sinned, you'd have to bring an offering, a sacrifice for the remission or the covering of your sins. That's the cup that Jesus is talking about in the first instance where he says, uh, 
For I say to you, I'll not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. That's verse 18. And then he takes the bread and he breaks the bread, which is indicative of his body. What I want to get to is the second cup. The second cup was placed on the Passover table, but it was never touched by the Jews. It was never partaken of. This first cup was a cup of redemption. The second cup is what's called the cup of promise or the cup of Elijah. Now if you don't, if you think I'm a little bit screwy, you can have a look at Malachi 4 and verse 5 where Jesus says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great day and dreadful day of the great coming and great day and dreadful day of the Lord. I might be quoting it wrong. Um, they believed that Elijah would come and he would herald the coming of the Messiah. And that's why the second cup is called the cup of Elijah. They believed that he would come back, take the cup, and when he drank of the cup, they would know that Elijah had come. Little did they know Elijah had already come. If you would look at Matthew 17. Sorry, I'm doing a little bit of Bible gymnastics, but... Matthew 17, verse 9 to 13. This is on the Mount of Transfiguration when Moses and Elijah appeared to Jesus. So we see Elijah did come. In verse 9 it says, Now as they came down from the mountain, Jesus commanded them, saying, Tell the vision to no one until the Son of Man is risen from the dead. And his disciples asked him, saying, Why then do the scribes say that Elijah must come first? Jesus answered and said to them, Indeed, Elijah is coming first and re will restore all things. But I say to you that Elijah has come already. And they did not know him. And they did not know him, but did, did to him whatever they wished. Likewise, the Son of Man is also about to suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he spoke to them of John the Baptist. So the second cup, the Elijah cup, is talking about the spirit of Elijah heralding the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So what Jesus did in the second part of 22, he says, this cup, the Elijah cup, the cup that we don't touch, the cup that we look forward to, this cup is the cup the new covenant in my blood which is shed for you so Jesus did something you never do he touched the cup what's the new covenant the new covenant according to Jeremiah 31 31 to 34 and Hebrews 8 7 to 13 he says I'll put my laws in their minds I'll write my law on their hearts I'll be their God They'll be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, Know the Lord. For they will all know me from the least to the greatest. 
I will forgive their wickedness. I will remember their sins no more. The first cup redeems us of everything. One sacrifice for all sin, for all people, for all time. Done deal. The second cup is now we are His people. We are filled with His purpose and His plans. In closing, 1 Corinthians. First Corinthians 11. This is the scripture we usually use for the Lord's Supper. I want you to note, notice something. There is a cup that is left out in, compared to Luke 22. In verse 24, Luke 11, uh, 1 Corinthians 11 uh, and verse 24. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So we are to remember the new covenant, the blessing, the, inherent, the inheritance we have in the saints in the kingdom of God, no longer to remember our sins, our fallen nature, but to remember the new birth, the new, everything new, no longer recalling our old lives because the old has passed away. Behold, all things are made new. So let's, let's do something different this morning. Instead of looking back at all the wrong, let's look forward, look at the new cup, the new covenant, the new creation, the awesome thing Jesus did. He took what was taboo for people to touch and He made it what we are to partake of. One more thing in closing. The Holy of Holies. Jesus says He's the temple of God. The Holy of Holies is our heart. The Holy of Holies was in Christ's heart. We have to go through the flesh of Jesus. Take, up, take my body. We have to go through the blood which cleanses us to the heart of Jesus. Come, let us enter in through His body and His blood into the Holy of Holies, the presence of God. Heavenly Father, we give you all the praise and the glory for Jesus' blood that we can partake of His life and become one with Christ and one with one another. And thank you we can receive the blood, the new covenant, and be eternally, and remember that we are eternally cleansed washed and we are made new in his image and in his likeness father we partake of this with joy praise and thanksgiving for the great things that you have done for us in jesus name amen
Robin. If you are going to Faith 101 this morning, why don't you make your way out now? would be great. Well, are you doing all right? Yeah? Some of you are, most of you are. Good. Well, this morning we set off on the second part of Ephesians in our exploration of the book of Ephesians. Uh, we carry on this morning, and it's a new phase of the book, really. And uh, I think it's really significant this morning that we start this phase as we celebrate CAI. And CIA. What did I say? CAI. Church action in. <laughs> Makes sense to me. See, <laughs> it is. Yeah, they've been mean to me on the front. That's right. I'm used to. You, you see, with the Book of Ephesians, it's broken into two parts, and we've been spending uh, our time as we look at the Book of Ephesians, looking at it through prim primarily through three lenses. Hold up, four fingers. Three lenses: um, the lens of God and Jesus, the lens of goodness, and the lens of transformation. And we'll keep looking at it through those lenses as we carry on. But you'll see the book of Ephesians is broken into two clear parts when you look at it. The first part is the position of the Christian. The second part is the practice of the Christian. And it's very clearly divided in the book, chapters 1 to 3 and chapters 4 to 6. Paul was quite clear when he spelled it out. And if you look at the first three chapters, it's primarily about belief. It's about the privileges of being a Christian. We discover in there our identity in Christ, the fact, um, the whole thing of sonship, that every spiritual blessing is ours. We learn about grace. We learn about our inheritance, that we are chosen by God. We learn about revelation, all in there. The second half of the book, 4 through to 6, is more about behavior than belief, and it's about the responsibility of the Christian. In there, we see things about unity, about holiness, about relationships, about disagreements even. And the, the flow of Ephesians is, is really beautiful. In the first three chapters, Paul starts in heaven. And then in the last three chapters, he concludes what that means for us at home. It's a beautiful transition through the book there. In the second part of the book, chapters 4 to 6, there are 35 directives for Christian living. 35, regarding the believer's responsibility or responsibilities and conducts. And Paul outlines in there that our spiritual wealth or that our behavior is rooted in our spiritual wealth, which is really, really significant. I found this quote that I really enjoyed. It says, behavior does not determine blessing. Instead, Blessing should determine behavior. It's good, isn't it? Blessing does not determine, sorry, behavior does not determine blessing. Instead, blessing should determine behavior. So Ephesians is divided into these two very clear parts. The first section is uh, really explaining the gospel and the benefits of the gospel. The second section, which we're about to start, is looking at the, our response 
to the gospel. It's about the implications of Christian living. I love the fact that we respond to Christ. So it's what our response looks like. Yours and my Christian life, our Christian expression, it's not about rules. Because you could easily look in there and you could go, man, it's just about this. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. You've got to do the other thing for the last three chapters. But it's not saying that. It's saying because of the first three chapters, it demands a response from us. And the response that it demands outworked looks like this. It's, it's a great, great part. When I was a young man, or younger man, because I am still a young man, don't you know? That's right. Despite what Ray's trying to say on the front. I remembered when, in the, in the first gathering this morning, I said to Dan earlier in the year, I got up one day and I said to her, I cannot believe that I'm 47. Where have those years gone? And she said, you're not, you're 45. <laughs> I was like, yes! I'm two years ahead of myself. Boy, that's a good thing. Anyway, when I was a younger man, young man, a boy... I can remember dreaming of being a missionary. I can remember, I really like aeroplanes as well, and I kind of figured that missions work would be really cool, especially if you could fly aeroplanes for missions work. Now, I think that's what the MAF do, isn't it? MAF, the Missionary Aviation Fellowship do. And, um, and I thought that would be really cool. And I thought, wow, I, I could do that. That could be a dream for the future, that would be something quite special. Maybe that's what I should do with my life. As I got a little bit older into my teens, I remember that all I was thinking about was motorbikes. Probably some other things too, but primarily motorbikes. And, and I had worked out how if I did really well with motorcycling, I could have incredible influence on the world. Now, I can stand here on this side of that journey and I can tell you for a fact that my motors weren't pure, but when I say that, you all know exactly what I'm talking about, don't you? You've all had dreams and schemes that you think God could bless and God could work through you, but really it wasn't about God. You're just trying to tie him in on the equation. Yeah? You're all too scared to nod. It's because it, it, by not nodding, you're lying. <laughs> nodding on the inside. Yeah, exactly. And I can remember that. And then we got later in the teens and that, and I made a bit of a mess of that. But then when I sorted that out, I, re I can remember dreaming about business and business opportunities and what that could look like and how I could make a, a difference in the world and how co I could achieve all these things I wanted and God could be in that and he could be in that. But in my case, up to that point, most of it was all just about dreaming about potential. And it's good. We need to dream about our potential. Because if we don't dream, nothing's going to happen. But, you know, reality is often we do dream about potential until, because until we've actually accomplished, it is only potential. Potential not yet realised. But it's good to dream. It's good to dream about how God could use us and, and how God's wired us and what he wants us to do in our lives and what that could look like in the future. I had this nagging suspicion deep in me that actually what God wanted for my life was for me to be involved in leading church. Now, it was a suspicion. I wasn't 100% clear on that. I just, just had this nagging suspicion that whenever I thought I kind of I'd do a circle and come back around, actually, I wonder if that's what God wants for my life. Then one day I was prophesied over in church by a guest ministry who stated it very clearly. I went, ah, okay. Jan went, ah, oh got the wrong wife. 
but he reassured Jan. But went, oh, okay. Well, today, I'm leading church. Leading churches. That's what. Actually, I'm very excited. We, um, this week, we've got four Activate churches going to India. Isn't that cool? This week. So uh, we've got uh, Papakura, Raglan, Atokarai, and ourselves going to India this week to really help establish a base there for the future. So that's very exciting. Anyway, so now I find myself leading churches. And it's funny, I in no way feel like I've arrived. In fact, I don't even feel like I've started to accomplish a fraction of what God's got to me, for me to accomplish. But what I do feel is that I'm in the right groove for my life. What I do feel is that I'm doing the right thing that God's called me to, that God has wired me to do. I feel like I'm made for this, that this is God's call. Now I say I very carefully because by no means do I need, uh, mean to insinuate in any sense of the word that leading a church is the pinnacle of God's desire for your life. But it is God's desire for my life. I wonder what God's desire for your life is. I wonder what he's planted in your life. I wonder what he's placed in your life, where he's placed you, the way he's shaped you. That it's his desire for your life. What are you made for? What are you called to? Because I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt that you are called by God. We have this picture that we use here at Activate Church that lists 10, years, uh, 10 areas of society, 10 areas of influence. I think every, every area of society is mentioned there. And so if something doesn't, you know, you go, I'm involved in retail, for example, that would go into, um, where am I on that one? Commerce and law. I think every, every area of society is well represented there. You just might have to stretch your boundaries a little bit if you can't quite see where you fit. You do fit. I think God's called every one of us, somewhere in there, to be an influence, to bring influence. He has wired you that in one of those areas... You're going to plug in there and you're going to find the purpose, the call of God in your life, on your life, to excel. I wonder where that is. But I know this, you are called. At the moment, your, clear might not, your call might not look clear. It might be a bit mysterious. But can I encourage you that sometimes when you read the Bible, it, it seems uh, kind of definitive in its statement. You are called by God. That doesn't mean that you've yet discovered God's call on your life. And we're all on this journey, and as we journey, things unfold, slowly but surely. I can remember um, talking to, actually, Bruce Monk, our national leader, years and years ago, and he preached a message, and, and he, he said in the message, he said, you must know the call of God on your life. You must. And I went to him after the, after the message, or after the, the session, whatever it was, and I said, Bruce, I'm working hard to discover God's call on my life, but I don't actually know it yet. I can't definitively say it's this. And he, he said, oh, that's all right, Sheridan. It's a journey. You'll work it out. I was like, well, that's not what you said. 
That is incredibly liberating. And I want you to hear that today. That if you've got breath in your lungs, hopefully you have, if you've got breath in your lungs, you're on a journey. Where you're at today is not the destination. It is part of the journey. And you could be sitting there this morning and going, well, I've got an inkling about the call of God on my life. I've got no idea about the call of my God on my life. Well, that's all right. Just keep walking and allow him to unpack it. But my experience would say when God is calling you into an area, when God is opening up an area of influence for you, he does not just go, here it is, Sheridan, go for your life. It starts as a seed and it grows. And it just slowly develops. And you might suddenly see yourself doing something. You may get an opportunity. You may even make a mess of the opportunity. But the opportunities keep coming. And you just slowly walk into the person that God has created you to be and called you to be. But you are called. Ephesians 4.1. I love this. Paul has just been waxing lyrical about God's mysterious and wonderful plan and his incredible love for us. Then he launches into this whole new section of the book. Ephesians 4.1. Therefore... I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Quite definitive. The message puts it like this. In light of all this, here's what I want you to do. Well, I'm locked up here, a prisoner for the master. I want you to get out there and walk. Better yet, run on the road God called you to travel. I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands and I don't want anyone strolling off down some path that goes to nowhere. Let's just look at that verse for a moment. Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling for you have been called by you have been called by God. You have been called by God. Live a life worthy of your calling. The word calling is actually the, it comes from the Greek word klesis, which means invitation. God has given you an invitation. It's an invitation to accept responsibility, and it's also an invitation to accept relationship. And that's what God's given to us. He's given you an a life worthy of your invitation. I beg you to lead a life worthy of your invitation because you have been called by God. You imagine the phone rings. Pick it up. Hi, how are you doing? Yeah, is that Sheridan? Yep, yep, it's Steve here. Oh, Steve, Steve who? Steve Hanson. Oh, Oh, yeah? Hey, um, we want you to pop down to, uh, to the camp this weekend. Got a tournament on the weekend. Thought you'd fit the squad, the All Black squad, quite well. Just come on down. I'd be like, what? Just got a call from Steve. How cool is it? I just, yeah, 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 I'll be there. Awesome. Well, what about you pick up the phone? Hey, is that Sheridan? Yeah, yeah. It's John here. John who? John Key. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah, I just want you to pop down to Wellington. We'd, we'd like you to come and be part of this, this group here. We think you could help and put there and, and, and do some stuff. Uh, was that all right? Would you like to come to that? I'd be like, um, I'm just going to think and pray about it. I'll call you next week. No. Yeah, absolutely. John just called me. The Prime Minister just called me. Well, the Bible says that you've been called by God. Hello, is that Sheridan? Yep, it's God here. What? 
That's God. You've been called by God. How special. You just read it, just flows off your lips. Been called by God. You've been called by God. The creator of the universe, your creator, the one that placed life in you, breath in your being, the one who formed you, the one who formed the planet, the one who knows the end from the beginning, the one who's done all things, has got your number and he's dialed you up and he said, Wendy, I've got something for you to do. Ah, uh, yeah, just think about that. Yeah, I'll get back to you. Maybe. No, God's called. And this theme is worked out through the Bible. Look at this. Philippians 1.27. Above all else, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Or Colossians 1.10. Then the way you live will always honour and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit, all the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. I love that verse, all the while, that sense of journey, that sense of getting to know God better and better, that sense of stepping into the fullness of God. I would hate to think that I think the same as I did 10 years ago. I would like to think that I think differently, that I understand life differently, and I walk differently today than what I did 10 years ago. It's really interesting when you talk about the calling of God, what's the calling of God look like? How's that outwork? in our worlds, in our lives. I'm an observer of people. You could, if you wanted to, you know, if I've, um, if I've got time, I could easily sit in a busy place and just sit there and watch people. I'd be quite happy. Observing people, watching what's happening, listening to people. And because there's obviously, according to the scripture, there is a look for a disciple of Christ. It looks like something. It sounds like something. One of the things that really um, bothers me in today's culture, and I probably see it more amongst young ones than older ones, but it's this pushing of our language that suddenly we're trying to make swear words sound like a normal part of conversation, making, you know, sort of cursing and that sound like it's normal, sound like it's okay. I don't think it is normal for a disciple. I don't think it's okay for a disciple. Of Christ, we need to sound. We, we sound. Our sound needs to reflect the kingdom. But people are just trying to, and it's not just like you know when they whack their thumb with a hammer and they lost the plot. It's like trying to weave it into everyday language, the conversation, just edging it along and edging it along. And I'm going, you know, that's that's not okay. That doesn't reflect the king well. That language, and we need to back up. Now I think we've all got areas like that in our lives. As we identify them, we need to go to work on them. 1 Thessalonians 2.12, we pleaded with you, encouraged you, and urged you to live the lives, your lives in a way that God would consider worthy. For he called you to share his kingdom and glory. It's quite a call, isn't it? It's quite a call. Represent the kingdom of God wherever we are, whenever we're there, whatever we're doing representing Jesus. It's quite a call. Again, I don't want you to beat yourself up this morning. My observation is that we speak to ourselves often the way we would never ever speak to anybody else. In other words, we'll beat up on ourselves. We'll say things to ourselves that we would never say to anyone else. Be kind to yourself today. Be kind to yourself.
And if you're identifying areas that you go, man, that part of my world just does not represent the kingdom or the king well at all. Be nice to yourself and go, well, actually, I'm still breathing. It's not a destination. It's not a destination. I'm just going to keep walking. I'm going to keep walking. I'm going to keep unpacking. When I fall over, when I muck it up, when I make a mess of it, I'm just going to keep walking. I'm going to keep going and keep doing the journey. Is that all right? Give, you, give yourself permission for that? I see two invitations here in the scripture. The first invitation is an invitation to connect with Jesus. The first invitation is to say yes to God and to get on the journey with him. And again, it's very easy to look at our lives and go, yeah, but we're talking about God and my life just isn't that clean and tidy. I just need to get these things sorted out and then I'll connect with Jesus. Well, the truth of the matter is even if you get these things sorted out, you'll find a whole lot more things and you'll never be good enough to connect with Jesus. So the whole point of the cross that we heard from Calvin is that Jesus is good enough, not us. Jesus is good enough. And all he, what he says to us is, come on, invite me into your world. You can trade on my goodness. You can trade on my purity. You can trade on my holiness. You can trade on my sinless life because yours really isn't up to scratch. So trade on mine. And this morning, that's the first invitation is that we invite Jesus Christ into our world, that we connect with him, we receive, we ask, and we receive for his forgiveness for all the areas we're not up to scratch, and then we go on this journey of life with him. That is a cool invitation. That's an invitation that reaches well beyond the natural world and into eternity. That is a decision, that is a response every one of us needs to make ourselves that we say, okay, Jesus, I'm going to not, I not only receive that invitation, but I accept that invitation. And today I want to make sure that each one of us has the opportunity, if we're not currently walking with God, to say, okay, Jesus, today I'm going to put a marker in the sand. Today I choose you. Today I, I choose to start that journey or to intentionally start that journey with you. Today I choose to walk with you. Today I choose to get on the journey with you. I accept your invitation. There'll be others here this morning, and for whatever reason, you've stepped well, well back from God. Well, today's the day where you need to step up again, and reconnect, and get back on that journey with Him. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand if you'd like to respond to Jesus and say yes to connecting with Him for the first time or reconnecting with Him. And when you lift your hand, you're responding to Jesus, not to me. But I do want to be able to acknowledge you and acknowledge your response. And I invite you at the end, please come. I'll be down the front for a little while. Come down. I'd love to pray with you. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand if that's you. You'll know if you need to respond to Jesus this morning. No doubt your heart's going 100 miles an hour. Hands are probably sweating, often the Holy Spirit nudges us that way. And I'm really praying and hoping that you've got the courage to say to Jesus, okay, things aren't where they need to be, they're not as they need to be. Today I receive and I accept your invitation. Can I ask you to bow your heads just for a moment?
morning, if you want to say yes to Jesus, very first time, or today you're saying, okay, I've got to get things back on track. Jesus, I'm accepting, I'm receiving, acknowledging your invitation. If that's you, can you lift your hand up just so I can see it, please? And I'll love to acknowledge you. I see you. Just a couple more seconds. If you're going to lift your hand, you need to do it now. That's the first invitation. The second invitation is to live the life we're called to live. And what I'd like to do as we come toward the end of our gathering this morning is I would really like it for us to empower one another, to pray for one another, to release the anointing, the presence of God on one another. And I want to do this in a way that's not going to freak you out, so don't start freaking out thinking, how do I get out of here? going to be nice to you but what I'd like us to do is I'm going to gather us in the 10 areas and then when we're in those 10 groups I'll pray with I'll lead praying for all of us but I'm really expecting by faith tonight this morning that there's going to be an impartation of the Holy Spirit in your world that's going to enable and empower you to live the life that God's called you to live so what's going to happen is I'm going to sort these 10 groups out and I'm going to get you to stand up if you're involved in those, one of those groups. Everyone will be involved in one of those groups. So get a little bit creative. Like commerce and law includes retail. So, you know, don't stay sitting there going, no one said, you didn't say retail. Uh, that's good. Families, anything to do with family. Arts and entertainment, who knows? That could be anything in there. You, you draw the lines where you need to draw them. Okay? So let's start at health and science at the top. If you are here this morning and you work, are passionate, you may not even be working in it yet, you might just be passionate about it, or you volunteer and you consider that as one of your major life purposes in the area of health and science, why don't you stand up on your feet right now? Brilliant. Come down the front here, guys. Gather just here. Fantastic. Okay, while they're coming, is there anyone in government? Local government, New Zealand government, work for a government agency. Brilliant. If you work for government, why don't you come down and stand just down here? Or you know that's your passion or whatever. You volunteer there, stand here. Brilliant. There's a few of you. That's great. Because in the first meeting, there was one, and that was quite hard to have a group. <laughs> that's great. Okay, the next area is sports and recreation. Okay, gather in a circle, kind of tighten up, because I've got to make space for 10 groups. What's the next one? Sport and recreation. Anyone in sport recreation? Jump up on your feet. Come with Wayne. Anyone else? Wayne, you, I know there's a couple of you. Great. A few of you, brilliant. You going over in the corner, Wayne? That's great. Education. 
teachers, professors, uh, PTA, whatever it is, if you're involved in education, how about you go down the back corner down there? Great, so education's down there. Media and technology. Anyone involved with media and, and technology? No one. Yep, jump up on your feet. Great. Great. How about you guys come just down the front here? That would be good. Media and technology, come and join this group. Uh, social. You're a social worker. Social, something to do with society. Could be your passion, could be. Great. Why don't you go over there, Melina, and follow, go that way, sort of stand in the middle. Brilliant. Arts and entertainment. Anyone involved with arts and entertainment here? Great, Riss. How about down the back corner down there? So that's arts and entertainment down the back. Family. This is your primary, this is, this is your thing. Family. It could be working with the family. It could be that you're a mother, that you're a father, that you're a key family member, whatever it is. That's your passion. How about just down the back there, kind of in front of the guys with the green shirts for family? Commerce and law, like I said, that's retail, it's business, it's all those kind of things. How about right straight at the back of the auditorium? Just kind of squeeze together a bit, or else you're going to run out of space. Worldview, that's involved with uh, shaping people's worldview, but it's also um, Christian work. Might work in a church, might work in this church. It's your passion. That's all 10. Great. So hopefully you're out of your seat. If you're not, look at those and just spread the boundaries a little bit wider because everyone is in there. Okay? I might not have defined it quite as you can. Now what I want you to do is, is get together fairly tight in your circles. You might just have to spread out a bit because I've got you all bunched up down the back, sorry. <laughs> Worldview? Are you Worldview there? Okay, in the middle. Great. Okay, now form a circle with you all looking in and come fairly close so you're standing close to someone's shoulder. Great. This is good. Now, I'm inviting every single person to pray, okay? All at the same time, I'm going to lead you. But what we're going to do is now you're in your circles, I want you to turn left. So you're looking at the person's shoulders in front of you. Good? you got no idea how difficult this is. Now I want you to put your hand on their shoulder. Very good. For the next 30 seconds, well, when I say go, I want you to pray God's blessing. I want you to pray that God would open doors of influence. I want you to pray God's courage and encouragement on people. His purpose would be revealed in people's lives. That would be a sense of kingdom focus about what they're doing and that they would know 
and experience the anointing and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to walk into all that God has for them. Now you can't remember all of that. So pray whatever comes to mind and I'm going to pray that. Ready? Next 30 seconds. Go for it. Out loud. Where you go. Thank you, Jesus, for every person in this place. I thank you that you have a call on each of our lives and that you know the end from the beginning and that you have a plan and a purpose that we can step into. Father, I ask that you would open doors of influence, that you would place your people in places of great influence that create environments and create cultures. Lord, that you would encourage and also fill with courage your people so that we will do what you've asked us to do in the places you've asked us to do them so that we can live the lives that you've called us to live. Father, help us live and see kingdom focus in what we're doing. I thank you for your call on our lives. I thank you that it's not just happened, but you've called and you know what you're doing. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would anoint every person, that there would be a tangible sense of your presence and your anointing as we endeavour and intentionally walk into all that you have for us. In Jesus' name. Turn around to the other person now. So that's a 180 turn. Put your hand on their shoulder. Let's go again. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for what you want to do. Thank you for planting us in this city. Thank you for our wonderful nation. Thank you that you've called us to be the head and not the tail. Thank you that you want to put us in places that will bring incredible change, that will promote the kingdom of God, that will represent you really well. Father, I pray your anointing on each person in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would rest on people now, that every person would know a great sense of your peace and also a great sense of your commissioning that wherever we are and whenever we're there, we can live the lives that you're calling us to live. Be with your church. Encourage your church. Empower your church. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, before you sit down, one more thing. If you can identify the path you're on and you're going, well, I'm not quite there yet, but I am on the journey. So that's all of us. I would like you to identify in your thinking now one thing you can do this week to help advance the pathway that you're on. One thing. It doesn't need to be complicated, but it's very easy to stand and go, okay, God, we're off. And that's as far as it gets. Identify one thing now. And then I encourage you after this meeting to find someone that you can talk with or someone who's prepared to say to you next week, did you do that one thing that we can be accountable to? So see if you can identify now one thing that you can build into the week, this coming week. And now make sure we do it and enjoy the journey God's got us on. Enjoy living in the call. Pray God's blessing and peace on us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Isn't that cool? Yeah, find your seats, find a place to stand.